0: Welcome to the Live and Lightly podcast. Nick and Shay Peterson from LiveandLightly.com share their personal journey towards simple intentional living. This led them to pay off debt, sell the majority of their possessions, remodel, and inhabit a vintage airstream travel trailer, leaving them with time, money, and energy for what truly matters. Join the movement towards simple intentional living. Nick Peterson here, bringing you episode number one of the Live and Lightly podcast. Today, we're going to talk about what you can expect from this show and share a brief introduction of our story and ourselves. Um, But before we do that, let's quickly look at a summary of the show. So, Typically the show will be under one hour. Our goal is to produce a show every other week. The show theme is all around simple intentional living. So some other buzzwords around this topic that we'll talk about is minimalism, alternative housing, sustainability, off-grid living, small spaces, lifestyle design, intentional communities, frugality, thrift, travel, and probably a lot more. Uh, if any of those buzzwords pique your interest, tune in because we'll be talking about them. Last but not least, we'll have a Q&A session. If you have questions, you can ask them at livenlightlycom contact, and we'll be sure to include, include those in the show. As we get into today's main feature, I'd like to take you back in time. Come along with me on a journey. The year was 2004. Middle Earth, also known as Central Nebraska. It was registration day, fall semester. I walked into the administration building and pushed the black button for the elevator. Ding! As the doors opened, I beheld an angel. There before me was a cute, short blonde. Holding a basket of chocolate chip granola bars. Shay and I met in college. She was hired by the student service department at the school on registration day to ride the elevator and to help, help students find where they were going and to pass out delicious snacks. And that's where, where we first met. Um, I had just transferred from another school in Tennessee. And the reasons I transferred were threefold. One, I felt like God was leading me. Two, My cousins went there, and and they had really good experiences. And number three, the girl-to-guy ratio compared to my old school was about double. It's two to one. So my my friend and I nicknamed the school Wifemart. Shay and I were on our college gymnastics team together. And when I say gymnastics, I don't mean gymnastics in the traditional sense. It was acro-gymnastics. So acro, if you think about cheerleading coupled with circus tricks, like trampolines and tumbling and um, it's really just kind of a variety show, but it was a lot of fun. We started dating that school year uh, around spring break and after we started dating we wanted to get married that summer uh, which would have just been a couple short months uh, after starting to date. We thought our parents would think that a little rushed so we decided to, to wait a year. She had just graduated with her teaching degree and she was going to move to to North Idaho. She got a job as a first and second grade teacher at a private Christian school um, in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. So while Shay started her teaching career in Idaho, I got a job in Utah working at a wilderness therapy program. This was a backpacking based program for at-risk youth and these kids would spend anywhere from 30 to 60 sometimes even 90 days uh, in the backcountry sleeping under tarps, cooking over fires, hiking, and working closely with a therapist. As a field instructor, I would work eight days on and then get six days off. So on my six days off, oftentimes I would drive from Duchesne, Utah, up to Coeur Idaho, which I don't even remember the mileage, but it was, it was a long ways. That year, I think I put 30,000 plus miles on my car. So we got married that summer, July 9, in Virginia Beach. Beautiful beach wedding on Sandbridge, and for our honeymoon, I thought it was appropriate to take my new bride on a backpacking trip. Since the outdoors and backpacking was a large part of my life, I wanted to share that with her. So I planned a 30, 35 mile, maybe, uh, section of the Appalachian Trail uh, through Shenandoah National Park along Skyline Drive. So we loaded up our, our packs. And actually, part of, um, part of my reasoning in going backpacking was a lot of people would you know, spend tons of money going on a on a honeymoon like a cruise, and they get done with the trip, and they have nothing to show for it. Well, I reasoned, why not spend a bunch of money on gear, go on a, a trip, and then after the trip, have gear to show for it? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I did that. My wife wasn't, she was a good sport, but she, she wasn't that impressed. Um, so we, we went on this backpacking trip. It was July in... Uh, Virginia, so it was super humid, there was mosquitoes, but we had a good time. So after the honeymoon we road tripped um, back to to Idaho and my wife got back to teaching and I pursued some different entrepreneurial endeavors. In college I had the philosophy that I I didn't need a, a degree to be my own boss. I wanted to be an entrepreneur of some kind, I didn't know exactly what but I didn't need a, a piece of paper to do that. So much to my college advisor's dismay, I just took a, a random smattering of classes. So I took some business core classes, accounting, economics. I took advertising classes. I took communication classes. I took um, marketing. Uh, I took a web development class, um, photography, and just kind of some other random stuff as well. Uh, but with the intention of being my own boss someday. Well, after we got married, I wasn't sure exactly what I was going to do, but I thought I would try my hand um, at an eBay business full-time. Through college, I, I sold stuff on eBay. I would, I would frequent the different Goodwills when they had sales. And and during that time, old vintage shirts like Le Tiger and Lacoste and uh, Penguin, these old broad-collared vintage polyester shirts were selling really well. So I could buy a shirt for 99 cents and sell it for 20, 30, 40 bucks. So I did that quite a bit in college. Well after we got married I thought I would try it full time. So I sold outdoor gear, sold men's dress clothes, really whatever I could find and turn a profit for. And that entire year really really just was was pretty miserable. Uh, It was trying to find, you know, stuff at wholesale that you could resell. Sometimes it would, sometimes it wouldn't. It was taking pictures, endless pictures of of stuff and answering questions and then shipping stuff. So after after a full 10 months of doing that, I decided I did not want to do that anymore. In college, for uh, small business management, we had to do a project. My project was a, it was called mountainbikerideguide.com. And it was going to be a basically a, a trail resource. I love mountain biking, biked uh, through high school, did some races. But it was always a pet peeve of mine to go to a new spot and to, to ride some trails and to get lost. And would eventually, you know, find some good single track, but after following rabbit trails and getting lost, so if I just had a couple hours to ride, I would spend half the time trying to find where the good where the good trails were. So my vision for that site was to make something where you could get printable maps. So you could go to a new area and print a map off and know exactly, like if a local was with you, where the good trails are. So that that second year of marriage, I kind of pursued that. Got software and GPS's and mapped a ton of trails. Really just tried to put together a good product. Well, I think it was a good idea. Uh, It really just kind of fizzled out. It was in order to work, it would need to be nationwide, and I wasn't sure how to scale it, you know, to that level. And, yeah, and actually about a couple months into to working on that project, and this happens to me a lot, I got another idea. Um, my wife and I, we were we were trying to pay off debt, and we were trying to stick to a, a food budget. And whenever we would spend our, our Sundays doing our meal plan, uh, making a shopping list, and then going shopping... We were able to stick to our food budget, and we ate well, and we were able to try new recipes. But when we didn't spend that time, you know, the next week just kind of sucked. We would impulse buy at the grocery store. We'd spend, you know, too much, and then we'd need to go out to eat or go back to the store. So it's just kind of a mess. Well, I'm listening to the radio. I heard of a a meal planning service that offered, you know, weekly weekly menu and a a shopping list. But we were vegan um, at the time, vegetarian. And there wasn't really any, as I looked, I was like, that's a great idea. I, I need something like that. That'd be, we wouldn't have to spend the time and we, we could still stick to our budget and try new recipes and, and eat well. So after kind of scouring the internet, uh, I didn't find anything. So my entrepreneurial side said, hey, here's an opportunity. And uh, my reasoning was that if I started, I thought Veggie Meal Maker, I could start it. That's what we ended up calling it, Veggie Veggie Meal Maker. I thought if I could start that, I, I could probably launch that in two months. And I thought that would be, a, you know, a surefire way to get some monthly revenue. And then that could help feed Mountain Bike Ride Guide to help scale it, you know, nationally. Well, Veggie Meal Maker didn't take two months. And it ended up taking, you know, several different web developers to get what we wanted up. And, I don't know, a year and a half before we actually launched it. And so this was year two of our marriage, and then up till, I don't know, year three or four, I was working kind of full-time on Veggie Meal Maker. We started thinking about a family and got pregnant uh 2010, uh, and this is where the, the story gets interesting. Having a baby, for those of you that are parents, having a baby changes everything. It really changes your outlook on life. So as we were waiting for Paisley to arrive, we started started. Discussing and thinking about what we wanted our life to look like, started dreaming, and some of the things that came to mind during these sessions. We would literally just sit on our bed and, and um, yeah, what do we, what do we want, what do we want our lives to look like? And it was Shay staying at home with uh, with our our child and, and future kids. It was um, being able to to travel and see family. Uh, we lived in the Northwest, and all of our Family are kind of strung about Florida, Nebraska, Kansas, California, and none of them would move up here. So we wanted to be able to travel and, and, and see them. Um, so as we, and we also wanted to pursue work that we were we were passionate about. Well, Shay really enjoyed teaching. It was really kind of sucking the life out of her. Parents were a pain in the butt. Um, there was problem kids. She she wanted something different. Uh, definitely wasn't something that uh, she wanted to continue to do, especially with having kids. So as we as we had these dreams, we had obstacles to to reaching them. I mean, we had we had debt. Ever since we were married, we were trying to pay off our debt. She had taken uh, Financial Peace University from Dave Ramsey uh, the year before we were married, and I I had read his books through high school, and was definitely familiar with it, but. Paid stupid tax, and you know, thought we needed a car. and In college, went to private, private colleges, and it was very, very expensive. So took out student loans, and and got a credit card, and um, so we we had some debt. So that that was an obstacle to um, reaching for this this life that we that we wanted, and having an income that would be flexible so that we could do all these things, and so Shay could stay home. So i remember remember this vividly we were we were sitting on our bed and we were we were dreaming and I was just like well hey we just need to we need to write down all of these obstacles and then we'll use this list as just kind of a to do list of what we need to do to make this happen so we sat down and we wrote debt we wrote income we wrote health insurance we wrote life insurance we wrote all the things that we needed to do to to make Make this dream a reality, and one of those was having a um, a house or a place to live that that was affordable and preferably uh, transportable too, so we could travel and see um, friends and family. I don't know a year or two before this time, we had we had stumbled across the a, a blog, uh, the Happy Jansons, and it was a it's a family that kind of went through a similar experience, leaving the uh, corporate world to to travel with their their girls. And we were really just inspired by the space they made in their motorhome. It was just a you know well-designed, intentional space, and they were able to travel, and it, it looked like a blast. So that's something that we 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 kind of dreamed about doing. And um, around that around that time too, we also stumbled upon uh, Matthew Hoffman, who's a, a young architect that after he graduated architecture school, got an old 1970s Airstream and completely remodeled it. And it was just brilliant, the space that he made. And after seeing his trailer, I was, I was just, I was floored by it. I, that's what we need to do. We need to, uh, we're going to get an Airstream. So we went from dreaming to planning, then to actually doing. And so we, we cut our, our budget to, uh, just bare bones, um, cut out Gym memberships, and adjusted our our tax withholdings so we wouldn't get any refund. Uh, we cut our food budget. I think at the time we were we were we cut it to like two fifty bucks a week, two hundred a month. Um, so just beans and rice. Yeah, if there's anything that we didn't need, we just we cut it out of the budget. And then we began taking that that savings and just paying off debt. Um, we sold sold stuff. I had a little sailboat. That we sold, I had a, a teardrop trailer that that I built. We sold that. We just we sold all kinds of stuff, and we just put it onto our our debt snowball. And then we began shopping uh, shopping for for an airstream. Uh, we we found our airstream on Craigslist. It's uh, we looked at a handful of them, and all the ones we saw were just kind of junk, and they were needed a lot of work, and they were just dirty and dingy and people wanted you know three four thousand for these piles of aluminum well we found we found ours on craigslist and the the listing said said something like 1966 airstream overlander everything works or everything's complete and the pictures were kind of vague so we called them up we went and and looked at it and it was uh it was really quite clean and everything appeared to be there so we bought it it was uh 2750 that's what we paid for it we Tried to dicker with him on the price a little bit, but he had people from Seattle and Montana coming to scoop it up, so we just dropped the cash and, and we bought it. So, after we bought the Airstream, we started shopping for something to pull our, our trailer with. And at that time, we had a truck, it was a Dodge Dakota, but the, the motor and transmission that it had wasn't going to be beefy enough to pull basically all our possessions. Um, we have quite a bit of tools we're going to put in the back of the truck. Uh, Mountain bikes, outdoor gear, and since we were living in it full time, it was going to be quite the load. So we wanted a full size truck, preferably a long bed crew cab. And luckily, we had a a friend that's a a used car dealer, and so he could go to the wholesale auctions. And he found us just a a screaming deal on a a F two fifty. Just had all the all the things that we needed and more. Then soon after that, um, Shay quit her job. Uh, She quit her job in two thousand twelve. Then we started to really try to get rid of our stuff. Uh, We had a two-bedroom duplex that we rented at the time, and had a a garage and a a garden shed, and we just kind of accumulated over the uh, six, seven years of marriage, just accumulated like everybody else does, just random stuff. And This part of our journey was probably one of the, the hardest things that we did, was going through all the emotional attachments that we have to things and just letting it go Um, we would we would feel like we've made a lot of progress and and but really when it comes down to it the airstream is only 176 square feet and then we had the bed of our truck and we didn't want to just pack it full of things we wanted to be intentional with the things that we had uh, but it was just just time after time going through things and and I can't can't get rid of that that's our so-and-so gave me that or that was that was probably one of the hardest things we had to do and just all the sheer work of of sorting and packing and selling and haggling with people and shipping and delivering and just all the things that comes with with getting rid of those things but once we did it it was freeing it was awesome so that that summer we purged and we also really tore into remodeling the airstream we had plans of just you know, doing some paint and maybe new countertops, a new sink, opening up just a little bit, adding a dinette, um, but really superficial uh, changes that we wanted to make to the interior. Well, when we got into it, there was lots of floor rot. As we got into it even more, there was frame rot. The black tank was leaking, and it had a a vintage valve that they didn't make parts for anymore, so we had to to turn to that. It was just one thing after another. And so while we wanted to hit the road and, and travel that next year, uh, we, we couldn't because our trailer wasn't done. So the last three and a half years has really just been a epic journey for us. Uh, the process of just being in a place where we weren't living a life that we wanted um, to really dreaming and really just deciding what we wanted to do. Um, and then being able to, to move from that to, to action and taking steps. And it took, you know, a full year to to finish paying off the debt, to save fully fund our emergency fund, to to buy the Airstream, to get the truck, and that was just the beginning. After after we uh, Shay actually quit her job and we set sail, if you will, there was still many crazy things that happened. Just in in the repairs that need to be happened to the Airstream, income not going uh, as planned, and then just the the surprises that come with with traveling sometimes it's it's lonely to be on the road, and one thing that that we really have grown to love about our lifestyle is the the rich community that we get to share as we uh, stay with friends and family when we lived in our our duplex, we saw friends you know maybe on the weekends we saw family uh maybe on the holidays, but sometimes not. We would go see them during the you know a few a few weeks during the summer now we we are with Friends and family more than we're not, and it's really rich. It's it's really an awesome thing. We can share life with people we care about, and that's that's something that's been really unexpected. Well, life now is different and just so much richer than we could have in- anticipated. Uh, we don't have any debt, and our expenses are are very minimal. Um, so the the income that we're making, well, it's not what we originally planned. It's enough to it's enough to get by, uh, and and we're working and we're working to grow it. And our, the income that we have is largely passive, so we get to spend most of our time together as a family. We can travel, we can we can go to the park and play. Uh, we don't have to check into a time clock. We have the ability to, to see friends and family really whenever we want to. And like I shared before, just that's really been a, a very rich aspect to, to this lifestyle. So we can travel and explore. It's so much fun to, to go to new places and to... Just just be kind of like a adventurous kid on your bike exploring uh, the neighborhood. We just hook up our, our little house on wheels and, and to drive to someplace new, and that's that's awesome. And we can really pursue things that we're that we're passionate about. Uh, above things that bring an income and that we do for work, we can do things like I'm really passionate about permaculture and gardening. And so we started a community garden at our church. Love composting, so we started a compost co op. And we can do other things that don't necessarily bring an in income, but we just like to do. I love to to spend time outside and rock climb and mountain bike, and I have the I have the freedom to do that. Um, I teach outdoor education at a camp in the spring and the fall for fifth and sixth grade students, and it's a it's a contract thing. I do get paid for it, uh, and it's something that if I had a regular nine to five job, it's something I couldn't do, and it's something that I'm I'm very passionate about and very blessed to to be able to to share nature with kids. It's something that I absolutely love. So as I wrap up our our story, there's been tons of challenges. And it's been worth it. So I want to challenge you to reach for your dreams. Don't settle. Just because other people are living certain ways doesn't mean you have to. Just because people are drowning in debt, um, just because people are Spend, spending their time so that they can afford the the next newest biggest thing doesn't mean you have to be intentional. Stewardship has been a central theme um, to what we're trying to do with our with our life. Really, just a steward is a manager, and we feel that that God has blessed us with with life, with time, with talents, with with treasure, possessions, money, and we want to be a good manager with that. So I want to leave you with this one question. What kind of manager are you being with your life? Thanks for listening to our story, at least my part of the story. Shay wasn't able to be a part of this uh, initial recording. Uh, Sometimes with kids, you have to divide and conquer. Uh, But I'm going to ask her uh, a few questions now after the fact so you can get her perspective. So here's Shay. So I'm sitting here with my beautiful wife, Ms. Shayla. And when I initially recorded this podcast, uh, now several weeks ago, we couldn't really coordinate it to get together and, and get her a part of the show. So after the fact, um, I'm going to ask her some questions to get her perspective and her side of the story. So, Michela, say hello. Hello. During the, the first recording, I told the listeners a story long, long ago. The year was 2004. <laughs> the elevator push the button ding <laughs> so what was your first impression of me when the elevator doors opened
1: um let's see here i remember i remember seeing you and i thought that i thought that you were a little bit younger only because i was a senior and i didn't i didn't know you I'd never seen you before, and um, just after talking to you a few minutes, you had said that you transferred, and I was like, ooh, transfer. That rang a bell in my mind because um, my girlfriends and I, the year before, were saying, what we really need is just a transfer.
0: <laughs> How was your transfer? You are
1: my transfer. So my first impression of you, I thought that you seemed like a fun person, and you had long hair at the time. And, it was summer, yeah.
0: Nebraska humidity, so it was kind of somewhat Afro.
1: Yeah, so I thought I maybe thought you were a little bit of like a little bit of a hippie or a little bit of an outdoorsy person.
0: Drove a minivan.
1: Yeah, I didn't know that yet, but, but yeah, I think I had a really good first impression of you. Now, maybe a little bit after that, we were in gymnastics together. <laughs> I I thought you were a little bit goofy because I remember I was. I was pretty serious, I was student teaching, and, and I like to, yeah, I like to get to the point, do things in gymnastics, and you and your friends were always goofing off.
0: And hey, you gotta that. have fun. You
1: gotta have fun.
0: So you thought I was younger than you, and a hippie, uh, and then you decided several months later that we should we should get married, so <laughs> somewhere in between there, something good happened. Yes. Um. So we got married and your new husband informs you that you're going to be going backpacking on your honeymoon. What are your thoughts?
1: <laughs> um, I don't I remember being excited because I knew we were we were planning to spend a few days on the beach at the beginning of our honeymoon and which turned out awesome. And then you no, know, we didn't we didn't have a whole lot of money and so so doing something like that was just kind of an exciting thing and it was really good quality time together and we got some fun new gear.
0: Do you think it was a good idea to instead of spending on elaborate trip to spend our money on gear? Isn't that reasonable?
1: Yeah back in the day I did think that was a pretty good idea. I might choose the elaborate trip today but I had a good time. I wouldn't trade it.
0: Awesome. Okay. So we get married. We live happily ever after. Uh, several years later it comes up that I would like to live in a van down by the river (laughs) to live in an Airstream. Uh, What is What was your response, and and how did you ever agree to live in an Airstream?
1: Well, like looking back, I feel like it was, you know, our decision together to do that. And um, at the time in our lives, we sat down and we... We really mapped out things together, and I remember the turning point came when we decided to pray about where God was leading, and then we sat down and made a list of kind of like what our priorities were, where our priorities lied, lay, lied, (laughs) Um, and and everything just seemed to line up with that kind of a lifestyle, and... um, It seemed like it was pretty much fast forward after that, like things just fell together and all of a sudden we were selling all of our things and kind of living out, living out that dream that we, that we discussed and prayed about not long before that. So I think it's, I think it's fun that, that it's something we decided together that we both feel God was calling us to do.
0: So it wasn't me dragging you by your hair, kicking and screaming?
1: (laughs) Getting rid of some of my shoes, maybe.
0: (laughs) Yes, we still have lots of shoes and makeup hey. Hey. in the airstream. Hey, hey. So we sell all our stuff. We pay off debt. We save. Uh, we we try to cobble together uh, an income that's that's largely passive. Um, yeah, and, and we're living in an airstream. What, what are what are some of the hardest parts of this? I guess of the journey and of this lifestyle. Maybe you could speak to the the journey first and then the lifestyle. What are the some of the hardest parts?
1: Um, I think some of the hardest parts for the journey have just been being able to trust that God is leading and that He's going to take care of us. So with with financial, that's been that's been a big stress for me, and just our income isn't like a nine to five job, and so just budgeting, getting better at budgeting and when money does come in just being just being smart with it and trying not to worry about about it not coming in. So that I think that's been some of the hardest part along the way and then just like I remember sorting and purging and and that just being kind of stressful and not even realizing like how emotionally tied I was to Stuff, you know, so the hardest part, maybe
0: I just add something in there. Yeah. Uh, I think one of the, as you are talking about, uh, income and w- roles has really been a hard part of, of, I guess, this lifestyle. Cause before Shay taught, I worked at home. I also did a lot of the, I guess, domestic things around the, I was, I was home so I could throw in laundry I love to cook and, and one of our businesses was largely around cooking, so I did meal planning and cooking. Uh now that there isn't that nine to five kind of taking off and, and teaching, it's kind of like, well, you know, whose role is is this and that and, and just really trying to sort that out and and find that balance.
1: Yeah. Definitely. So um some of the hardest part as far as the lifestyle has been, I think sometimes it's it's really difficult for me once we get... Because we've been visiting family and we've been visiting friends and different things like that. It's been hard for me when it's time to leave and just kind of making that transition. Saying goodbye is tough and um, acclimating to a new schedule when we yeah. go to a new place. And... It's like
0: that really throws us off going to... We, we spend... We spend six months roughly in the Northwest. I teach outdoor school in the spring and the fall, and then we hang out in the summer, do community garden. And just weather in the Northwest is just beautiful. And then uh, the winter, part of the winter and fall, um, we we spend time in Nebraska seeing family and kind of throughout the Midwest. And then Shay's mom lives in Florida, so we try to get down there and, and see her. Yeah.
1: So also... One last thing is probably just the uncertainty of this lifestyle at times. So we could have a plan about, hey, at Christmas, we're going to be here. We're going to do this. And then the polar vortex comes, you know, yeah. or um, just different things change. And I think I think we've definitely learned how to be flexible and adapt, adapt well to the change. Um, but sometimes that's still difficult. Yeah. Our kids seem to do awesome with it kids are so good with you know going with the flow
0: (laughs) totally yeah we right now we're currently in uh nebraska and the weather the month that we've been here so far has just been awesome it's it's late fall um we spent the most of the month of october and then into november and then just yesterday the polar vortex hit it was 60 degrees sunday then monday it was like 14 degrees and so the the airstream is pretty drafty, and and while we've tried to done our best to seal it up and and keep it warm, it's just it's not like keeping it at sixty degrees is is on the very warm side, and that's two you know space heaters going full bore, and we're wearing down booties to bed, and and in our sleeping bags, and so we're just kind of camping out in our trailer, and it's not really home, so it's kind of a kind of a pain. So that's been something that recently is just kind of you know, we plan to be here for another three weeks through Thanksgiving. And we don't know if we are now because it's just it's it's not very fun to be kind of hunkered down in the trailer. Alright, so those are some of the a few of the challenges and there was many, many more. <laughs> but we'll carry on from that. What what are some of the most rewarding things? Um, I guess maybe to the journey and to the to the present lifestyle as well.
1: I think probably the number one thing that I feel like has been the most rewarding is just the quality time that we've been able to spend together as an immediate family um, with our kids and with each other.
0: Which is almost, almost non-stop. Yeah. It's great.
1: Yeah. And so I feel like that's just been... Super valuable, and like we can't we wouldn't trade that for anything that I think I think really the most rewarding thing is time, time in general, so first off time with each other, and then we've really been able to visit family and friends, and we really value that too, and those are just some things that I think are awesome about it um also, there's been some fun perks, which is being able to see you know beautiful countryside and being being a little more free to make our own decisions about work and about play and all kinds of stuff like that, so.
0: Uh, you may hear uh, some of our kids in the background. I think Ryder is starting to stir. Let me rock the, this little bed here. So time is currently one of the most rewarding parts, which I definitely agree with. Uh, What are you looking forward to in the future most?
1: I think just continuing this, having this time with our kids is probably really high up there on my list. Just knowing that this is time that when they're young, we can spend with them and that we're just going to look back and cherish. And I'm looking forward to maybe traveling more in the future and see more of the sites and having more of that adventure aspect
0: to date. A lot of our traveling has just been kind of to destination and we haven't really got to immerse ourselves into, you know, local places too much. And largely that's because of budget. We have kind of a limited budget, so it's kind of just get to point a to point B and yeah, so it would be fun to, to be able to, explore more
1: yeah that'd be really fun and i think just really seeking god and and just finding out what he has for us in the future and following that i'm looking forward to doing that no matter what it is and if the time comes that god says where it is yeah hey i don't want you to do this anymore i want you to stay put somewhere and and I want to be open to doing that. Right Wants now you... I'm I'm glad that it's it's on the road and it's adventure.
0: I want you to sell the airstream and go to Cambodia.
1: Yeah. <laughs> It'd be hard to do, but definitely want to be open.
0: Is is there any I guess pieces of advice that you would give someone that is considering um, maybe doing something similar? Not necessarily maybe living in in an airstream, but uh, just just being more intentional about their their life,
1: I think some of the main advice would just be that it's important to be to be flexible and keep an open mind when you're living in such close quarters with with your family. It's really important to always always seek to make clear, you know, be clear in your communication with each other and um, we've really had to make that a priority to be good listeners to each other and to, to be willing to open up maybe in ways that we wouldn't have needed to necessarily before if we weren't spending all day every day together and we're pretty meshed in business together and a lot of things like that, which is so wonderful. We love it. And also we really need to be good communicators and other advice in simple living would just be like, don't necessarily look at what somebody else has done and try to try to copy it exactly. Like really maybe seek, seek out what the value is that you're, you're hoping for and apply that to your situation and in your life. Um, And just really seek the Lord in that. And I think if you do that, no matter what, where you end up or what you end up doing, it's going to be, it's going to be right. Hmm. So what necessarily what's right for someone else isn't always right for you, but I think you can definitely glean principles and, and things like that from others. So that's my advice.
0: Awesome. Ryder wants to say hello. Well, I think that wraps up episode number one. And hopefully in the future, we can both be a part of future episodes. We can kind of schedule it out after kids are down. Um, but we're really excited about uh, future episodes. And thanks for listening. Until next time, it's Nick.
1: And Michelle.
0: <laughs> Signing off. Farewell. We invite you to check out the show notes. You can view them at liveandlightly.com podcast one. All one word. There you can find links and resources mentioned in the show. And we also invite you to check out the and Lightly email newsletter. You can find that at liveinlightly.com slash newsletter. Uh being a part of the newsletter, we we send out bi-weekly uh updates, different content we've written, podcast episodes, videos, blog articles, um, different resources, no spam there. And when you sign up for the newsletter, You can also get, you also get access to our Live and Lightly list, which is basically a PDF document full of things that have inspired us on our journey, um, links to different parts of our story compiled into intentional finances, intentional housing, uh, intentional relationships, intentional possessions, um, a few more intentionals in there. And just has a lot of different great information and resources. So check that out livenlightly.com/newsletter.